Welcome to the World of Wellness, your one-stop shop for education, inspiration, and practical tools to build a healthy, sustainable, holistic lifestyle. I'm your host, Megan Zucker, and together we're gonna get fit, feel good, and have fun. Let's do this. Welcome to another episode of the World of Wellness podcast. I'm your host, Megan. Always happy to be here. <laughs> you guys, honestly, you should just get used to me saying that because I'm going to say it every single time. So this week on the podcast, we have another special guest, and this one is Wendell Christian. And Wendell is actually a colleague of mine from college. And this was really exciting for me because this is the first time that I've properly done networking with somebody from college. So it was really fun and to be able to have a conversation with somebody who has a similar background of me was a lot of fun. So Wendell is a graduate from the University of Mount Union where he received his bachelor's degree in exercise science. And then after he went on to attend the University of Akron where he received a master's degree in exercise physiology and adult fitness with a focus in strength and conditioning. So he's currently a personal trainer where he takes a holistic approach towards training by educating clients on other factors such as sleep, nutrition, and other things that impact the results that they seek. So this has been a really fun conversation. It's always, always fun to talk with another fitness trainer and get their perspective and, and share. So without further ado, here's Wendell. Right. Wendell, thanks for coming on the podcast today. I'm super excited to have a conversation. Um, Would you like to introduce yourself to our listeners? Um, so my name is Wendell Christian. Um, I attended the University of Akron uh, from 2010 to 2015, and then I went, I mean, University of Mount Union, and then I attended the University of Akron uh, 2015 to 2017, where I got my master's degree. I'm currently a personal trainer at Akron. Um, I blog, I do a couple like other things. Um, I recently got married this year, and then I have a child on the way. So I don't know how deep you want me to go with it, but that's kind of the gist of uh, who I am, like what I do. So um, I'm curious as to, I honestly actually don't really know that much about you, <laughs> but I do know from being connected with you on social media, I already know I like the way that you train and um, I'm curious what got you into the fitness industry and the first hand like what made you study exercise science and then go to get your master's in it as well so honestly it was more like it was it's everything that's happened so far has been really organic um so I would say high school was where I started lifting weights so it was kind of just more so doing it for sports it wasn't necessarily like a this is my passion type of thing and I think once I started to see like my body start to change and I became more confident in myself, it was like, okay, like I like this. But at that time, I still didn't know that like this was a science, like you could study it. Like I didn't know anything about trainers or anything like that. Like the gym I went to, there was a trainer, but it was like, they didn't like, I don't know. It was just, you just lift weights. It wasn't like a, there, he was, I wasn't exposed to anything at that time. Uh, And then once I got to Mount, I had, Uh, I was majoring in criminal justice, I think. I had criminal justice and it was like math. I was still trying to decide which one I wanted to do. Um, And I was like, okay, I don't like either one of these. So I'm gonna have to figure out something else. 
So when I was looking through the majors, I was like, okay, they have something called exercise science. I have no idea what this is, but I'm going to give it a try because I like to work out. And that's what I thought it was. I was like, okay, we're just going to be working out. Yeah. And then once I got exposed to like the science, I was like, okay, I finally found something in school that I actually think is interesting because, you know, like when you're in high school, you're like forced to take bio and like chemistry, but like it doesn't, you can't really connect it to your life. So it was like, okay, this, like, this is cool. And I like it. And then I was started getting really good grades. So I was like, okay, like I'm actually good at school now. Yeah. And then uh, I would say that it didn't become like a passion until grad school when I had, um, I did an internship for strength and conditioning. And then that's when he exposed me to like books and like different coaches and like trainers and stuff like that. So I was like, okay, this is a whole nother world. And then once I started like looking into that, I was like, okay. I think this is like, this is what I want to do. And I don't really know, like there's obviously there's no manual to this. It's like everybody, the, the what do you call that? The It's low hanging fruit, basically. Anybody can enter this and you kind of have to make it into whatever it is that you want to make it into. So that's kind of just been my, I guess my journey so far, just kind of like finding my own, my own lane. Yeah. Have you, I will, um, I mean, mine's kind of similar where like, I thought I wanted to be a nurse. So like I went into biology and I flunked my first biology class and I was like, this isn't going to work. So the, all the girls in my dorm were going to be like physical therapists or go to PA school and they were studying exercise science. I'm like, okay, well, I guess I'll do that. And I getting into the question here, but I loved learning about like how the human body works. It was like this biology stuff does not click to me. I'm like, and I remember one picture that sticks out from my biology book was like, there was a picture of like a horse and a donkey and like talking about how, if you cross them, like it's sterile or something like that. And I'm like, how is this even going to be applicable? But what I loved about, you know, like studying anatomy and physiology, I'm like, Oh, this is cool. This is how my body works. Body and it works. Was, yep. Yeah. Um, and I, I liked studying exercise science because you learn how everything works, but I don't think that I actually learned a lot of practical experience until no, it's definitely science-based. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. And so lab-based. tell me about, tell me about your, tell me about your internship. And that seems to, sounds like it had a pretty good impact on your career trajectory. So it was a, it was like a bittersweet experience because it was like, um, I, well, well, I would say two things. I think the experience taught me to um, have the mentality that I have now. And I didn't have it at that time where it was like, I never had an issue getting up early in the morning and doing things, but I kind of went through the motions during the internship because it, like, I was upset because I wanted a different role. Yeah. And I wanted to be respected. And I felt like as an intern, it like, I don't know, when you enter the strength and condition was totally different from like personal training in the gym. And there's like ranks and it's a lot of egos that's involved, right? So you have the assistant coaches, you have paid interns, and then you have the interns like we were from school where it was like we weren't getting paid. So we're like bottom of the barrel. So it's like you're getting yelled at, cursed at, like you're basically getting treated worse than the players sometimes. You got to clean up. So the great part about it was that he was very, um, what do you call it? He was very informative. So like he gave us, he gave us book recommendations. Um, we were involved in like programming and stuff like that. So I guess it took school and like made it make sense. It was like, okay, there's a lot of things that we are taught in class that don't matter, right? Like most clients are, don't care about how uh, myosin and actin work or like 
stuff like that or like like certain biomechanical terms. They have no idea what we're talking about, right? That's like for us to nerd out on and I like that stuff, but it was like, this made it make sense. And it was like, okay, this there's something here. Like, I don't necessarily want to do this, but I do know that I like the training aspect and I like the learning aspect. Like there's so much more to learn. And that was like the, that was the best part about it for me. Now the other part, the other side to it was just like, it was the ego. So it was like, okay, I de- this is definitely not a lane that I want to be in because I don't know if I could handle like being talked to that way. And I don't know, it just like, it was just something about the setting. It was like, this is just not for me. Like I'd rather be one, one-on-one and I do group classes now, but I'm definitely, I like one-on-one better. Um, I think it's more personal and uh, you just, you can spend more time teaching that person versus being in a gigantic group. And then you're trying to basically get everybody to buy in and you know you're dealing with a bunch of different personalities. So, and I think that's the other part that people don't realize when it comes to training is that it's like, a lot of it is psychological and you connect it with, with people. So, because it's like, you can know everything in the whole world, but it's like, if you can't connect it or get people to connect to it, it's hard. And I, that's definitely been the struggle for me, especially as a trainer. I think that's most people when they start off. Yeah. Um, it's interesting. I mean, I can't even imagine what I, I, I can put myself back there, but thinking about my first ever training job, like I really only had one at the gym that I ended up buying, but I can't even imagine what kind of trainer I was in 2015. And, Mm -hmm. and I think that I needed to be coached before I like, I've always been a teacher. Like I taught tennis growing up and through college. So I, you know, know how to coach, but mm-hmm. it's a whole nother ball game when you're doing it with, um, personal training, obviously, cause you're doing specific mechanics and people have injuries and different things like that. You have to know how to cue somebody into something, how to tweak it for somebody if, you know, they yep. have limitations. Um, but it was interesting working with new, new people because they, they're new trainers. Cause they have no idea, like how to coach any of that. So you kind of have to have the experience to be the coach with it. And that's the problem with, I think, I mean, I've talked about it before, but with, um, that the barrier to entry is so low with training that people just, yeah. Cause you can basically go online and sell anything like, and that's the, that, and I, that's the hardest part with a lot of stuff is like, you have to teach the clients. Like there's a difference between an influencer and a trainer, right? Right. Like, influencer looks great and you know it's motivational because like i mean we see it and like we see certain people's like damn like that makes that that makes me want to go do more but at the same time it's like when you see some of the stuff they sell it's like you know right away like that's that's garbage like that's not that's not going to work for the average person and so i think that um and also i think like like i said before there's no manual so it's like you don't you come in and it's like you're you have to take your bumps and bruises and figure things out. It's like I have a client that's been with me since I started, right? Right. And he's literally like been through every type of every type of style, um, every type of change up I've had. Like there's things like I have videos I look back on. I'm like, I can't believe I've had him do that. Like that, that's terrible. Like that's horrible. Um, just the whole process. I mean, even even getting on the phone and talking to clients, like that's nerve wracking in the beginning yeah. because it's like, you don't know what to say. Um, Cause a lot of these certifications don't really teach you like coaching is an art more than it is a science in my opinion. Right. Cause I feel like some of the best trainers in the world are not very science based. Like they're they're They have bare minimum and they know how to give them to a client and they get them to follow through. Right. And so, like I said, a lot of the science stuff is for us to nerd out on. 
and uh obviously like i i tell like there's a there's a girl that i'm working with now she just became a trainer i tell her all the time i said you i said every time you feel like you have something figured out you're gonna have somebody come in and mess it up it happens every time yeah. i think i have something figured out as far as like lower back or some some uh weight loss idea and somebody will come in and don't understand what i'm saying or yeah. be able to apply it and so i told her i said it's always going to be a learning experience even for us the second you think you have it figured out somebody will come mess it up well i think it's important two things one for new trainers to know that like you're not going to get good at it and don't expect instant gratification right off the bat. And I had this conversation with somebody else a couple of weeks ago, but like, you don't get good at training unless you do it for years, just like anything yeah. else. Right. Yep. But like with you said earlier, I think that there's a lot of ego that goes into training because you go Definitely. like, okay, well I look like this. I do this, but I'm going to have this person do that. But usually clients are, they're completely different. I mean, obviously you can get into you know, there's pockets where you have people that like don't have any injuries, but a lot of the time, like everybody's different literally mechanically. Um, and then the other thing that you said, which now I forget, cause I, um, I forget <laughs> it was along those lines though, but, um, working with people, what was the other thing that you said? What about it being like an art and a science art and, and, and then messing, basically them messing up they're, they're going to come in and basically they're going to jump up. Once you think you understand something, yeah. you have to be able to adjust. Yeah. I think I said it. I'm not sure either way. <laughs> Sorry. So I want to, I have a, a couple of picking out things that you said here, but I want to go back and talk about the mindset. And one of the things that I love about the way that you come off, which is mm definitely not for everybody, but I love it being a coach myself of like, this is how it is. Like, this is what it takes to get things done. This is how it's going to be. If you don't like it, then it's fine. So tell, tell me where you kind of got that mindset from and how, how has that been effective with coaching clients and what kind of pushback have you gotten that? And have you like worked through it? Cause for those of you that don't know, Wendell's very like, like I just said, this is how it is. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I would say that is definitely something that I've had to develop in myself over time. Cause yeah. like as an athlete, um, I think everybody has this moment in their life, at least, and some people don't realize it until later on when they're really older. Cause I hear older adults say it all the time, but you have this point in time in your life where you look back on certain things and you're like, um, you start realizing that you're repeating patterns, right? Like maybe like you, you, you're doing something different, but it's like the same thing as like, you're being exposed to the same thing. Like you have a choice to make, like you hit a crossroad. Yeah. And I realized that as an athlete, a lot of times I would go through these points of time where things weren't going my way and I would quit. Right. Like, and, and maybe I would still be showing up, but like mentally I gave up already. And what I realized was like, you're going to always have those moments because anytime you're trying to grow or do something right, it never feels good. Like it sucks. Like, Working out sucks. And and working out is one of those things where you never see like results right away. It's very rare. Like you see some sustainable results and then you have to know how to continue it. Right. And so I started getting online and I would see like a lot of people posting stuff and I would see this influence. It pisses me off because I'm like, you have people come sit down with you. And it's like, like, I don't know if you've experienced this, but clients will come in and they'll be basically telling you how to do your job and how things are supposed to happen. And it's like, well, if that's the case, then you wouldn't need me. Right. So 
what I started realizing was it's like, okay, like my job is not to tell you what you want to hear, it's to tell you the truth. Right. And I've had to work on my delivery because, like I said, I'm not and I realize I'm not for everybody. Um, and it's still something I struggle with till this day. Right. Like people avoid me even today. Like there's certain people that they want to work out with me, but they avoid me because of the accountability part. of me. And at the end of the day, it's like, like for me, like one of the things I always stand on is that I'm, I'm going to lead by example. I'm not perfect. And I do try to show the not perfect side of it. I have days where I don't feel like doing it. I get banged up. Um, but I'm still like, I still get up and I still try to get after it no matter what. And it's just, it's just to tell the truth. Like, you know what I mean? Like we can't get anywhere if you can't even be honest with yourself. Right. And that was one of the moments I had with strength and conditioning. When I started looking back on it, it was like, all right, you didn't give your whole self to that situation. Right. Like you could have got more out of it, even though that wasn't something that you particularly enjoyed, but you ran from it. And it was the same thing I did when I was an athlete. Whenever I faced something I didn't like, I ran. So it was like, now that I'm doing this, it's like, all right. I'm in this. It may not be going exactly how I want it to go all the time, but I can still be the example for my clients. Like, okay, like there's a whole business side of this and I'm still trying to figure it out. Right. The same way you're trying to figure out your body. So I guess like, that's how I look at it. And it's something I've developed over time. Um, it definitely didn't happen overnight, but over the last couple of years of just growing up and like going through different experiences, I mean, I don't know. And I've had to learn that, okay, you're not for everybody. Cause there was a point in time when I first started, I tried to be for everyone. Yeah. So I was like trying to change myself for this person. It's like, you know what? Certain people are going to like this and certain people aren't. And there's trainers out there for them, but I'm going to stay true to myself. Whatever that is. Well, I think that's a huge, huge part two things. One of the coaching of like one, why are you coming to a coach? Because you probably need accountability because you can't do it on yourself. And sometimes you get to a certain point where you don't know where to go. So then like you have examples of people who have gone farther than you. And Mm -hmm. then that's, you have to be, you have to be willing to be coached and that's, Mm -hmm. and you have to willing to be held accountable. And if you're willing to do that, then you're willing to invest in yourself, AKA investing in a coach to help you um, get there. Now, um, and I love, I think, I think it's, it's kind of a unique position to be in being a coach because you there, honestly, there was, there's been multiple times where I've had, um, trainers come into my gym wanting to like rent space and they're like 50 pounds overweight. And I've gone to other gyms and like, just to scope out what my competition's like. And I'm not kidding you. There are guys who are 50, 60 pounds overweight training these people. And it's like, I don't understand why somebody would want to pay somebody (laughs) to train them and they won't even do it themselves. Cause that's not, that's not authentic. And how can you even know that they know what they're doing? I mean, I just feel like, um, I'm going to, I'm going to always speak for myself. Yeah. To me, I can't lay my head down at night knowing that I'm asking somebody to do something that I don't do. Yeah. That's the way that I look at it. So I feel like that's the principle one. That's how I got into this, right? Like I got into this being somebody that works out and that carries themselves that way. Right. And so for me though, I also realized with people, and I think this is across the board, everybody wants to be held accountable until it's time to be held accountable. Mm-hmm. So the, the idea is that like, I can go to a trainer that's overweight because at the end of the day, what can they really say to me? That's true. Right. But when you come to me, right, what can you say? Right. What are you going to say? And then you're going to say, I'm intimidating. You're going to run from me. That's, that's what you're going to do. That's the best thing you can say, or you're going to, face yourself and realize that you're, you're I, can I curse on here? 
Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> but basically, like you're you're being full of shit. Like that's yeah. that's yeah. I don't know. That's just the truth. Like I'm not. I don't know how else to 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 say it. It's 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 funny to me, but I've definitely noticed that a lot. There's a lot of people, or you have people that hide behind the computer and they sell. They sell a bunch of things and they don't do any of the stuff they sell. Right. Um, that actually reminds me, I need to switch back. But I remember the other thing that I was going to say was um, when it comes to like authentic and kind of like what it is of like working with people. I remember there was an opportunity that I had to basically help somebody who had like 50 or some hundred thousand, not a hundred thousand, but I think they had like 50,000 followers on their Instagram account. And they're like, Hey, we want you to come on here and like sub and like teach a class on here. And then I started doing the research into what they were doing. And it was like, not aligned with my values at all. And I'm like, I'm not going to teach this at all. That was it. But the second part is what for you, like, I don't, I mean, what keeps you, what, what keeps you going? Like, like, um, um, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Um, I get asked this question a lot and it's changed over, it changed over time. Like in the beginning, it was just to look good. Right. Like I just want to look good. Yeah. Um, and like, I want to lift weights and I want to like show up that I can lift this or whatever the case may be. And then over time it was like, okay, like clients started to come in. And so for me, one of the things is like, again, I, I want want to always be the example it's like I never want to be I, I don't want to ask somebody to do something that I'm not willing to do and that doesn't mean that I haven't trained people that can do more than me because obviously at some point you know I'm getting older yeah. there's going to be some young person that comes in that can do more than me but I'm still doing my best right? right that's one and then two now it's like having a family yeah when I get up in the morning it's like they're looking at me as the example so it's like I can't I can't be I can't be over here like up oh, like, you know, I didn't do this today. Up, I don't really feel like getting up today. So it's like, that's always in the back of my mind. And then I don't know. It's just, it's, it's the idea of like, I don't know. I want to be the best, the best. I want to be the best. I don't care what anybody says. We can, you can say, uh, kind of come with all these other things for me. It's like, I want to be the best. Like, I don't care. I want to be the best trainer. I want to be the, the best that I could possibly be. And I don't know for me, that's what drives me. I, I don't know. Like I ran a marathon this year. I never thought I was ever going to run a marathon. I never thought that was going to happen. And I guess I'm starting to get to that point in my life where I just realize it's like, I could sit over here and like, you know, set limits for myself, or I can try to push past those limits. And I, I, I made a quote up uh, like last year, basically saying some people fight for the limitations and other people push past them. And basically like a lot of people, when you start realizing, when you sit down and talk to them, they set limitations for themselves. They, they tell you what they can't do, what's not going to happen. I'm this age. So, and then like you get all these excuses. And then, so basically that becomes a story for right. everything. Right. My kids, this, my spouse, that. And so for me, it's like, I'm, I'm approaching 30. So it's like, I want to be, I want to def- redefine what dad bod is. Like, I want to do all that stuff. So like, that's, Love I don't know, it. that's kind of what keeps me going. You know, it's interesting. I've learned this through my experience and it sounds like with you too, but exercising specifically is such a point of reflection. Like you were saying earlier, like people are afraid to like actually face themselves and you really do get shown yourself when you're like going to do something that you haven't done. 
Like, for example, which this is honestly, this is actually hysterical. <laughs> I haven't even told you and I'm laughing at it. Um, I went to yesterday, I was going to a gym and I, I've been thinking in a while. So when, when I was actually in college, I was lifting with somebody and I hadn't really lifted heavy before with a barbell or anything. And he like mm. threw two 25 pound dumbbells on my back with a bar and was like, here, squat this. <laughs> I'd never done it before. And so I got hurt. And then I, uh, so it's like taken me a long time to get the courage to lift heavy. And then for the past year, I was basically been working out at this home. Was it a trainer. Uh, no, it was definitely not a trainer. It was like somebody on the uh, track team. <laughs> okay. I was about to say, whoa. Yeah. Yeah. No. So, um, and he was younger than me too. Okay. Anyway. So I've been thinking the past couple of days, like, and it's like, I've been lifting with a bar for the last week or two weeks, maybe. And this is the first time that I have. And I'm like, all right, I feel good. Like I feel good. And like not lifting maybe more than 135, but like wanting to push myself and knowing that I can, but I'm like, I'm afraid I'm going to get hurt. I'm afraid I'm going to get hurt. And you know, it's funny. I go to the gym yesterday and I get hurt. Like I've been thinking that I'm going to get hurt doing something, but literally I was doing a hip swing and kicked something and cut my leg open. Um, oh, wow. <laughs> ridiculous. Like, but I think that's a good example of like what you're like, what the stories you're telling yourself. Like I've been telling myself, I'm going to get hurt. I haven't gotten hurt in a while. And then I hurt myself And the same thing that like people can tell themselves the story of like, I can't do this because I have this to do. And then they just don't do it. Um, do you find that long explanation? Um, do you find that exercising is a point of reflection for like the things that are going on in your life? personally does it give you like a space to reflect on it or is it more just like this is all I'm focusing on for you uh I would say both yeah. I would say um I guess the great example would be like training for the marathon right mm-hmm. um it's obviously out of my my domain of uh, my normal domain because all I've ever done was lift weights like that's always been my thing lifting right or training right yeah and so crossing over to running now it's like everybody thinks you just put your shoes on and run but when you when you actually start getting into the training of it it's like okay there's a lot more that goes into it's like your shoes matter hydration matters pace matters breathing matters uh cross training matters and and fitting those things in different types of running matters and so what i start realizing was and i and i started realizing this early on but when i was doing that it was like okay Training this somewhere, it's like a controlled environment where you basically can teach yourself to deal with, with discomfort, right? And being pushed out of your comfort zone, right? And so it's parallel to life, right? Because your body doesn't really understand stress. Like stress is stress, right? And so it's like, if I can deal with, if I can deal with being basically, if I can deal with something that is taking me so far out of my comfort zone or making me so uncomfortable, I probably can deal with other things in my life as well, right? So when those things come up, it's like, okay, I, I physically have been here before. Like, I know what this feels like. I can get past this. And I think, and also I believe, um, and I've, I've experienced a lot of times being out there running. Um, I think we do this thing where like, let's say for instance, like I had a half a mile, a half a marathon to run, um, Saturday. Right. Mm -hmm. And so it's 13.2 miles or 13.1. And I know that I got to run 13.1. For some reason, when I get to mile 12, my mind starts shutting down because it's like, okay, you're, you're getting close to the finish line. And it's like, it's, it's preparing you to get there. Right. But then when I come out and run 16, it's like the 13 was nothing. 
right? Because I knew I had three more miles to go. And so what I realized was like, you mentally can push yourself past what you actually think you can. It's just, we set barriers, right? right? Automatically. And obviously there's, there are barriers, right? There's a point in time, like somebody's physically not built to run a marathon, they're not going to make it to the, the finish line. Like that's just, that's just facts. Like right. you can do all the mind stuff all you want, but there's a good chance if you didn't train for it, like, and I've seen people out there that didn't train for it and they didn't make it. But I guess what I'm saying, like you, there's, there's certain points that you can push past. And I think we mentally set those barriers, right? And then your brain's, your brain's going to get you there and it's going to shut down. And so when it comes time to like, okay, this thing is pushing me past that point. Most people are, they already done set their, their limit. Like this is my limit and that's it. And so I try to do that with clients. Definitely. Um, obviously you have to know who you're working with because some right. people you'll run them away if you push too hard. So it's definitely been an experience for me though. Well, and I, I like what you're saying too. And the brain doesn't, the brain wants to keep us safe, right? It wants us to keep us yeah. happy and safe. And if it doesn't know what 13 miles feels like, or if it doesn't like, if it hasn't done these things, how are you going to know that you're even capable of doing it? There's like that mm-hmm. fear of the unknown. Unknown. Yep. Yeah. But you never know until you try. And if you can, you see other things that are possible, like let's be honest, like we're not trying to do something here that nobody's ever done before, but like just break past our own limiting beliefs. And I mean that like, sure, you and I, and then also clients, they they don't know, they don't, they don't know that they can lift a hundred pounds if they try, they've never tried it before. They've never worked up to it. And that's, that kind of what it's what happens with me. I get up to a certain point where I like, I know this is my comfort zone and I don't know what's going to happen when I get out of this comfort zone. And I think that's common. And so if you, if you, if maybe for yourself, or if you find somebody else who's kind of at that hitting point, like how do you help them get to that next level and expanding their comfort zone? So I train a lot of women. So for them, a lot of their uncomfort zone is that they don't think they can lift barbells. Like they just think, like for some reason, when people see the barbell, it's like a pound thing. So I guess I just naturally have a very just like I don't know, like this is what we're doing today, and I and I I don't know what it is. I think it's just my energy. Um, like so, I, I guess an example I could give is like I'll have I have somebody where she came in, she never lifted weights before. She never she she basically this was her first experience ever being in the weight room lifting weights. She'd done cardio class and stuff like that. So we started off just body weight stuff. I just had her like kind of just going through basic movements, squats, pushups. Then we moved to dumbbells. So I, I, for me, it's like, I think I have a very good feel for the weight room and understanding the person. Obviously you go through an assessment and stuff like that, right. but you still have to, like, it's still art to it. Like you still have to know who you're dealing with. Right. Because you can have somebody that can lift a bunch of weight, but they're mentally just not there yet. So right. a lot of it is learning how to listen to them. Yeah. Um, the stuff they say, and then it's paying attention to their, how they respond. Right. Because sometimes you can have somebody come in and it's like, you could tell like, all right, I know I can push you a little bit further the next time you come in. But some other people is like, you got to kind of pull it back just by how they respond. So a lot of it is art. Cause I like, um, I have some people that I follow online, you know, you have certain coaches where it's like, they try to dress it up. Like they have this perfect formula and every client responds the exact same way, which is complete garbage. Because again, like I said, you'll have somebody come in the gym and you think you have it figured out and they'll, they'll mess it up. 
Yeah. And so my experience has just always been like, you have to learn how to listen. And then it's just paying attention to how they respond and, and what they're saying to you. Yeah. Um, and then it's like, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's, um, you're not going to always succeed. I don't succeed with every client. Certain clients are like, okay, this is just, is not the right, this is not the right fit. Like right. this isn't working. And that happens. So I think a lot of trainers are afraid to say that and they have to make it sound like every client they get, it works out perfect. It doesn't for everybody. So yeah. I mean, that's where different personality types come into. And I think that's where the art form as a coach, like coaching isn't just let me teach you how to get into an exercise or Mm -hmm. how to instruct one, but it's also like, how can I, how do I best communicate, connect? Yes. Thank you for saying that. Mm -hmm. Connect and communicate with this person for them to get where they want to go. Go ahead. Sorry. I agree. I agree. I definitely agree. Um, so I actually am quite curious. I, I don't, I don't know what I was looking at, but I was watching, I don't know if it was on your Instagram or on your Facebook, but I was watching a video of, I would love to be able to do this. I definitely can't do this, but I was, it wasn't you. It was a client doing a push up on a, he had his toes on the stability ball and then he had, um, his hands on bands hooked around a barbell rack with um doing a push-up okay, you know what I'm talking about yeah 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 that's um, my oldest that's one of my that's my longest standing client yeah cool. Kevin yeah I know you're talking about yeah okay cool so um tell me tell me about your um training style like what what do you what kind of program do you do what kind of program do you follow kind of thing so so Basically, everything was just weights. So it was no, it was no like, um, like, yeah, we might do body weight stuff or whatever. But like, I was completely into like barbells and dumbbells. That was it. Like, I don't want to see a cable machine. None of that stuff. Like, we're, we're just going to live. So the first guy that I ever got, I didn't interview him well. Like, I didn't, I didn't do a good consult. Like, we sat down. Um, he told me a little bit about himself, but I didn't ask good questions. So Come to find out the guy had had like a CrossFit background and he hurt his back really bad. Like he had been to like a bunch of different PTs and I had no idea. So we went right into barbell lifting. So within like two weeks, he's like texting me. He's like, hey, my back's he's like, you know, I can't get out of bed. Like I can barely put my pants on. So at that time, I'm like, I have no idea what I'm doing. The only thing I know how to do is like lift weights. Right. Like that's 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 basically my background. So. I start looking up all this like corrective PT stuff. I have no idea what the hell I'm doing. So like, I'm trying to get him to do it. And he was getting better, but it was like constant relapse. Like I, I didn't know how to like set it, like give him homework and stuff like that. I had no, I had no like understanding of that. So I ended up losing him. And then that's when Kevin came in. So Kevin's a runner. So with him, he's not like, a he's not a real strong, big guy. So a lot of it is like, uh, I had to teach him movement. So I ended up getting certified. Uh, I don't know if you heard of DBC in Miami. Mm-hmm. Um, they're like real big on biomechanics and stuff like that. So when I, so when I started getting exposed to their stuff, I started like some of the stuff I had started doing, I started to see them do it. So it was like a lot of different, like corrective things. And they kind of got there. They're like kind of getting away from like just straight barbell lifting and dumbbells. So for me now, when I bring somebody in, we go through an assessment. So it's really just a movement assessment. I'm starting to get a, like add a little more stuff to it. Like, um, what do you call that? Posture analysis and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. Mm -hmm. I'm starting to like learn more of those different things, but for the most part, it's a movement assessment. So like we go through squat, push up. Um, I'll check out like lower abs, different stuff like that. 
And then uh, from there, I kind of make the program based off their experiences, what I saw, and then we build from there. So certain people, like they have a fat loss goal. The beginning phase is going to be more so like work capacity. So it's going to be high reps and it's going to be constant movement. So it's just getting them moving around. Yeah. Um, if it brings somebody in like me that has had experience lifting weights, we might start off with a strength phase. So it just depends on what the goal is, right? And like yeah. what, what we're training for. So uh, like for me, like I have a guy that I'm training for a show right now. So right now we're going into like a break-in phase where it's high volume but it's going to be big compound movement. So we're not doing a whole bunch of corrective stuff because he's not really dealing with anything major. From there, we go into a strength phase. So that's going to be more lower reps, heavier weight. And so basically we hit basically both sides and then we kind of going to go right into the hypertrophy phase closer towards the show. Um, And obviously the the diet matters when it comes to that as well. But as far as training styles, that's kind of how it is. Um, There's definitely assessment first. I definitely don't normally train anybody without doing an assessment first. And then it would just depend on what the goal is. Yeah. So I'm a big fan of like circuit training and uh, I like barbell complexes. You can turn them into dumbbell complexes. Uh, And then for me, I had a point in time where I was just doing powerlifting and stuff. So it was like deadlift, bench, squat. And because I didn't have a ton of time. So again, it would just depend on what the person's trying to do and what's required of the goal. That's another thing. Like, you know, you have to tell clients that as well. It's like, what's required for this like you know what i mean like you have to do what's required you can't say hey i want to do a powerlifting competition but i only want to powerlift once a week and then i want to do zumba the rest of the week well you're probably not going to do well in a powerlifting competition that's not what's required for it so um it makes me think so the way that um i i i I follow NASM's program pretty closely, not specifically like what they do, but like with stabilization, endurance, power, hypertrophy, and strength. And, you know, I've had new clients come in and, you know, I always start new, if they're, if they have some experience, I start them with stabilization 100% just to get their nervous system firing and create some body awareness. But then I've had them go and be like, well, I want to be doing the, um, you know, they want to be doing like a, let's say deadlift for example but i'm like okay but you can hardly touch your toes <laughs> like yeah. you do not have the exactly. range of motion to do this so we need to like and that's where again this is another art of coaching of being aware of the client and then having them like okay here's how we're going to educate you to get you to where you want to go you just have to be patient mm-hmm. with the process and that's yeah. that's hard especially in like our world today with social media where everybody just puts up like hey i'm doing this the big final yeah. 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 Or the final. Yeah. The after picture. Like I have, I've had clients come in where they have like, ser- first of all, this is one thing that I had to establish when I, when I started getting into this too, because like we, I think a lot of times clients cross the line where they come to you as a trainer and it's like, they expect you to be a PT and a chiropractor and everything else. And so one of the things I had to learn was like, all right, I don't do that. Like I don't do physical therapy. So, right. so we're not going to do physical therapy. Like I understand the core. And I understand how to train those different things. But when it comes to like the, the the real technical stuff, like they want like massage and like the little nitty gritty stuff. It's like, I don't do that. So, yeah. um, and then you have people that come in and it's like, they have major lower back problems or they have a knee issue. And it's like, we have to work that stuff out before we can really start like right. going after it because it's like, all right, well, you want a weight loss going, you want to be like, like I, people have the idea that I have to be drenched in sweat to mean I had a good workout, which is not true. And so 
I think um, when we, I think, I think it's communicating that to them and then also them realizing that it's a process, right? It's like, cause I think Instagram again, does a bad, gives it a bad uh, rap where it's like, you see the person on there doing the ab workout and you think that's all you have to do right. and you get abs. Also, it's like, you can get results in 30 days, but it's like, do you know how to keep the results? Right. Because that could be a six month process versus like, yes, you got results, but it's like, now you have to learn how to actually keep that or make right. it better. Yeah. I think that's the hard part, especially because like, once you start seeing a little bit of a result, then it's like, oh, well I do this. So now I can have this pizza or now I can, you know, so it's kind of like almost like a, it goes into, and the other thing I see is, um, well, I'm only going to exercise so I can just eat this food. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. And then they think it's a finish line. So it's like, once I do this for 60 days, and I lost 20 pounds. It's like it's a finish line. And I, I laugh sometimes because I'm like, don't you see that I still do this regularly? Like I've been doing this for like 15 years. Like I've been working out 15 years. It has not stopped. So why do you think that you get 60 days and then like you get this result and all of a sudden you can just sell off into the sunset? Like it doesn't work like that. There's, there's right. no finish line. It's like, a it lifelong end. process. It may change. Yeah. yeah. And I've and I the thing I the thing I that I wish for and the thing I I I'm trying to portray is that this is a learning experience more than anything like that's basically what the journey is right it's like you're always learning your body and life is happening right like things are always going on like i don't work out the way i did when i was 21 i don't have the schedule that i did when i was 21 so it's like you're you're adjusting to life you know what i mean and then like obviously fitness is not people's life like it's our life so it's it's going to be totally different. You're trying to make this thing fit in there. So it's like at different stages, it's going to be different things. Like I'm about to have another child. So it's like my schedule is not going to be the exact same. Things are going to change. So it's like, I have to be able to adjust to that. And I think people have this idea of like, there's this one way of doing it or like, I got to find this secret out and then everything will be perfectly fine. It's like, there's going to always be some adjustment you have to make. And I think I wish on Instagram and social media would do that a lot more, but obviously, you know, it's about like, it's highlights right? and people are going to buy into what looks good because at the end of the day, everybody just wants to feel good. Right. And like, we're impressionable. Right. So like you've been struggling with your weight for 15 years. Somebody sits up there with a skinny tee and they look great. You're probably going to buy into it because it's like, I just want to look, I just want to feel good. Yeah. Even though you know that you've seen skinny tees for the last 10 years and they never work. Yeah. So, so it's, it's really rough out there. And I don't know. It's just, like I said, there's a difference between an influencer and a trainer. And yeah. there's a, there's a, there's a big line to be crossed. People that don't understand it fall for it all the time. Um, that makes me just kind of, and I, I have had a hard time putting this into perspective for myself personally, but like, I've literally been doing this. I mean, I I've been like active my whole life, but like, I've really only been on this, like, I'm going to exercise and like really take care of myself journey for it's been five years, maybe seven years. Sorry. But like, I'm only now Mm -hmm. to the point where like, I'm my best. You know what I mean? It's like, I, but I've gone through all of these. Say that again. You cut out. No, I said, that's how I feel. I feel the exact same way. So, and, and I think that that also comes to realizing, like, we're talking about the process, but, but you see any expert in anything, they've been doing all this stuff for 10, 15, 20 years. They don't just become an expert doing it for one or five years. It takes, 
a very long time. Um, so my, I think I'm thinking about, tell me how you integrate like, um, the, I don't want to touch on this too much, but how do you integrate the, like the holistic aspect to it? So like the other aspects So like in my brain, we have like, um, you know, recovery, nutrition, mindset, exercise is kind of like mm-hmm. part of this holistic whole. How do you incorporate these other mm-hmm. things into your training? So over time, but just um, like the interview process with clients. Yeah. Uh, so you sit down, it's like, you know, you're asking about their training experience and then it's like more so finding out what what's goes on outside of the gym. Cause obviously like the easy part is once you come in, right. Like you're following what I'm saying. Right. But right. the hardest part is like coaching them outside of that because right. now I'm not in front of you. So, uh, like I just asked, so like, how's sleep? Like, how's your sleep? Tell me about your sleep. Do you get seven, eight hours a night? Is it regular? Um, do you work overnight? Um, do you have kids? Obviously like kind of how does, how does that, how the dynamic works stress? Like, how, do you like your job? A lot of people don't like their job. So it's like, that's high stress. Um, and then the nutrition piece is more so of like, so one of the issues I used to have was I would give people this, this like I had like this 25 page guide that I made and I would give the guide out to them because I was excited about it. Cause I was like, okay, like people need to know this. And like, I think this is cool. So they, they're going to read it. Yeah. They think it's cool. So then they come in, they don't read it or they're trying to do every single thing the guy says because like I understand like kind of how works. So it's like they're trying to do everything on the guy. So what I've done was like I have multiple different guides that I would give out. But what I do is I kind of like so for the nutrition piece, I'll be like, all right, well, do you cook at home? Like that's one of the main things. If you don't cook at home, all right. So for some people, it's like, let's write down 10 things that about your diet that you would want to change, right? And let's just focus on changing one thing at a time. So maybe we'll spend two weeks on just doing this one thing. That's all I want you to focus on. And then after a month, two months, three months, that's a whole totally different person, habit-wise, because they've changed 10 things. And so I think um, it really just depends on who the person is. If the person has experience, like counting macros, understanding macronutrients and calories and stuff like that, then we can go more into like tracking things and, and, and putting a quote unquote meal plan together. And as far as the sleep is concerned, it would just depend on who the person is. Like yeah. if, they, if there's somebody that sleep is an issue, well, then we'll start with sleep, obviously, because that's a big deal breaker for a lot of people. Even have now. So it's like, all right, how can we set up a, a sleep routine where we follow that on a regular basis? And it's kind of more so just trying to get them involved in their own plan, right? Me not sitting down and being like, all right, this is what we're going to do because I think this this works for me. It's more so of like, all right, how does this work for you and how can we piece this together to make it work? And I think, again, like I said, the issue, a lot of times the issue is that they're so caught up on the result. So it's like, I got to have the result right now and not the process of it. So um, I'm definitely more habit-based person now. I used to be really about like numbers. So like, we got to hit this certain number in the gym. And we got to hit this certain number of calories and other stuff. And it's like, again, certain people just don't respond to that very well, especially when it's like a lifestyle. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to have to be sitting here, like calculating everything that I put on my plate and measuring everything. Even though I do think tracking is important, but there's different forms of tracking. Right. Well, and then I think also 
you know, I, I get a lot of kickback from, well, let's track your calories and let's track your macronutrients. Like, I don't have time for that. Like, it's not something anybody wants to do, but I think, and I don't think that it's like something that you need to do your entire life, but I think it's something to do even just for like a short amount of time to get some awareness Mm -hmm. around what you're doing. So then you can make adjustments because like, you know, it's so easy, especially when it comes to eating, like you have one thing and it'll throw everything off. Like, and so, but you think like, okay, well I had one piece of cake. It's not that bad, but like, okay, you're wondering why you're not seeing results and you're doing this five times a week. Well, that's an extra 800 calories every time you do it, <laughs> you know? So I think exactly. Good. Go, go. Yeah. And it's, it's, um, I think so. And, and that's, I think that's probably the biggest issue with most clients is like, when, as soon as you're like, yeah, I want you to track your calories or put like, so like I use my fitness pal with a lot of people. So I'll just yeah. be like, I'll tell them like, download this. And I just want you to put your food in there as best you can. Don't worry about the goal that they set for you or anything. I just want to see that you're logging it every yeah. day. Yeah. And we're just going to do that every single day. And so, and I think, and, and I, at least my experience has been with women, they focus on the scale so the scale is just that that's what it is like that's the only tracking they do and it's super inconsistent i think that the way the scale is used is wrong for most people and so it's like well you expect your weight to change if you're not tracking anything else like if you don't track your food and so for most people i'm like you want to intuitively eat but how can you intuitively eat if you don't even know what you're doing yeah so it's like we have to track it some way if you're not going to track calories we at least need to know what you're doing so like, cause a lot of times people will come in and they'll say, well, I eat pretty good. Um, I eat this, I eat like, I eat pretty good. Okay. Well, show me, I want to see it. Show me. Yeah. And a lot of times you could tell right there, if you're going to deal with some BS because they don't ever show you. So yeah. it's like, you autom- like that's, it's automatic. You're automatically being exposed. I think it's when it comes to this and exercise and wanting to be a certain way or even look a certain way, it's kind of like two things. One, why do you want to do this? And what are you willing to do? in order to do that, because it's going to require you to get out of your comfort zone and why is it important to you? But then also like, you have to make these things a priority. If you actually want to lose weight and burn fat and get stronger, like you have to make it a priority. And sometimes it's not, sometimes in order to get there, the priority, maybe, maybe the priority is more on the nutrition rather than the exercise, but you have to make your goal, your priority or else it's not going to get done. Absolutely. And I think um, because I like I have like one of my family members that I know, he has a gym and um, I had sold him a guide, like a nutrition guide. And when I was on the when I was on FaceTime talking to him and I was explaining to him the guide or whatever, he was looking at me like I was crazy because he was like, he was like, well, he's like, you need to make this more simple so they can just like follow it to the T. And I was like, bro, I was like, you have to coach them. I was like, it's just like being in the gym. I say, you can't give somebody a thing and just be like, yeah, follow that. They're not going to do it. If that was the case, they don't need you. You can, like, anybody can go find a meal plan online right now. There's, right. there's, there's millions of them that are free. That's right. not, that's not the hard part. The hard part is getting them to do it. Right. Right. And so, um, I, like, I just, I just, uh, I just guide online to sell on my website. It's like the thing that I put up to sell ever. Um, and the, the beginning of the guide is talks about, uh, life adherence principles. And basically these are just like principles that people that get results, this is what they do. And one of the first things was like, 
You have like those four stages. So it's like unconscious incompetence, conscious incompetence, and then conscious incompetence. I'm I'm probably mixing them up, but there's like four stages. Most people are stuck on the second stage where it's like they know they're doing something wrong, but they're doing it anyways, right? right? They don't have that like, like it's your job to kind of get them to get that switch where it's like they start taking action on those things. And that's hard for us as trainers because like you have to connect with that person. But what I start realizing was it's like, all right, a meal plan out but what does that matter like what does it matter if you're not going to do it you right. know what i mean and so like it's a whole nother coaching aspect to it it's like i need to get them to follow through on those things and so what i realized is that like getting somebody to come into a gym two times a week they've never been they haven't been doing that and then to say okay well now you need to meal prep you need to like grocery shop meal prep and do all these things most people are like wow like this is too much so yeah. we start off with one thing and i just think that um I wish the fitness landscape would change more so to that because I think we'd have better results long-term. I think calories is important, obviously. Macros are important. But it's like us teaching that to them instead of just being like, all right, you need to have 1,500 calories, this much protein, this, this, this. It's like, all right, how do we teach that to them and then get them to understand why it matters? And I think once people start understanding the why behind it, I think they buy into it. Yeah. And then also it's like making it fun. You know what I mean? Um, you don't have to eat chicken, rice, and broccoli all the time. Even though I don't mind doing the same boring stuff, but it's making them understand like, hey, if you like drinking wine, I'm not saying you can never have a glass of wine, but we need to make sure this fits into what you're trying to do. Right. And I think that's also the other thing. Cause like, you know, I'm not, I'm sure you probably heard it a bunch of times. Clients come in and they're like, I'm trying not to eat carbs anymore. And it's like, well, I don't think that's a good idea because right. I don't know anybody that doesn't like carbs. So that's not a way I would want to live. Yeah. So stuff is all it's definitely coaching art. Definitely. Hey, and just like you know, artists say know your audience, like we have to know our client too to be able to like guide them in the way that they want to. So um I'm curious as we kind of wrap this up a little bit, what advice would you give to a new trainer? advice um so so this is like somebody that doesn't have a client all right yeah or they're just like starting off they haven't done it very much like what was what's one thing that like you you know now that you wish you would have known when you first started so the first thing i have a couple things so the first thing i would (laughs) i would do and i did this with this girl that i trained she just became a trainer i gave her a journal and i told her i said if i would if i had this five years ago write down ideas write down what you don't like in the gym write down what you hear clients say to you because there's like patterns to it right and then you start learning your style because a lot of times I think, at least for me, I've stumbled along the way is that like I get caught up watching somebody that's having success and I start trying to beat them, right? And so I think a journal is good because you can reflect regularly like, all right, you, and so it's almost like you're, you're, um, you're having a conversation with yourself, like you're reflecting on, like, on yourself, right? Because there's a lot of stuff going on that you're not going to be able to remember all the time. Um, and then the last thing is, or the last thing, the other thing would be patient. Because in the beginning, like, it's going to, it's not going to be fun. Like, you're not going to have a ton of people. You may be at a gym where you're not getting paid a lot because you're not independent. And then the other thing I would say is um, be a lifelong learner, right? 
Um, the certification is just a starting point. So you have to be willing to like go out and buy books and, and different courses and be willing to like go on YouTube and learn definitely. different things. Be willing to learn other people's style. Um, I definitely didn't have that at first. I was always curious. Like I, like I, I became a reader. If you can see my bookshelves over here, but I have like two big bookshelves over here. Um, it was definitely not something that I was doing in the beginning as much. It's something that had grown on me over time. And then I would say the last thing would be is like, find somebody that's where you want to be, right? And focus on their stuff. Right. Like jump around to like bodybuilder guy and this guy over here doing functional training and this sports coach. And like, it's not wrong with looking at people's stuff, but find somebody where it's like, all right, like this person's kind of speaking my language and like, this is the direction I want to go and go. Because yeah. I think there's like so many different lanes and it's like you can become a jack of all trades and you're trying to be everything for everybody. And then like, and that's the same. And I think over time, it's like, find your clientele. You're not going to be for everybody. and You can't be for everybody. Yeah. And that's some, that's like a place that I'm in right now. So it's like, I'm starting to kind of get to that place where it's like, I'm speaking to a certain audience and I don't really care if like, if you're not feeling what I'm doing or whatever, there's yeah. somebody else out there for you. And there's nothing I can do about that. But I definitely think the journal is super important. You should definitely journal regularly, write stuff down. And if you plan on having a gym or your own business, like, you know what I mean? That's your that's your business plan because now you're kind of getting your ideas kind of in one place. Um, I'm curious, what's your, what's, what's your like ideal client like? Ideal client. So um, I had this dream at one time where I wanted and I wanted to train athletes and that was like it. So I wanted a, I, I like, I'm not against it, obviously. I wanted a professional athlete that basically um, would come in, they can do everything, but it would be just a teaching process. And I wouldn't have to like, I think certain clients come in and it's like, you gotta go through all this corrective stuff. And sometimes it's like boring. It's like, this is the boring stuff. So I wanted somebody that I can like take them there. Yeah. And like, we could like somebody that's like me, myself. Um, over time, it was like, I want somebody that's mid thirties, forties. Um, they probably were an athlete in the past, but they have kids and like a business or whatever. But they're serious about their health. Like they really want to change that, right? And they're trying to make it into a lifestyle. Like that's that's basically what my whole brand is about. Like, yeah. So that's kind of where I'm at, whether it be male or female. Um, that probably be my ideal client. They're just they're, but they're serious about it. It's not like a like they're teeter tottering around and they're trying to like, like figure it out or whatever. Like they want to make a change. Like they're yeah. here to make a change. And then, and for me, obviously, I, I'm always I'm always uh, for taking the athlete because I was one, and they're fun to work with. Even though you'll realize that athletes sometimes are the worst. They have some of the worst movements that everybody. They're just very gifted. Yeah. There's some people I work with, and I'm like, wow, I can't believe that you actually get away with that for this long and haven't been hurt. Yeah. Or they learn bad habits from college. Like you know what I mean? Because yeah. like when I was in college, it was like, how much weight can you lift? It was there was no. You weren't being like critiqued on form like that. It was like then you're trying to push just as hard as the next person next to you. God, I I remember like now looking back at like this strength program that my tennis coach had me going through. I was like, this helped nothing in like the way that I treat. I mean, it's like, why would I need to be bench pressing heavy weight and up my weight or like leg pressing? Like what I should have been focusing on was stability, power drills, agility, stuff like that. Like, sure that this. Yeah, the strength has its place, but like, you know, we it wasn't it wasn't it was it, it whatever you know it wasn't connected. I also feel like um, 
I also feel like this big functional movement, uh, what do you call that, like culture? Yeah. I feel like that really wasn't a thing when we were in college at yet. True. It was still like very prevalent on like lifting weights. I feel like the last five to like years ish, yeah. once we got the co- like out of college, it started to shift. And now like we're in this whole, everybody's trying to do the next cool functional training yeah. thing or core thing. And you see like people with these bands and all this other stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it also could be like, I didn't even learn about stabilization training until I moved out here in 2015. So it also could be like, you know, I would say California is a little bit more progressive than Ohio. So like there's going to be different people, different experiences and the lifestyle is all just active in itself. Yeah. You definitely have to be looking for, you definitely have to be looking to get better. Even like mobility stuff. Like I didn't get exposed to that till strength and conditioning. I had no idea what that was. Like somebody, he had us read a supple leopard by what is the guy's name? Kelly Starrett. Yeah. And that was my first exposure to it. I was like, I don't know what any of this stuff is. I just knew how to like work out. So I think <laughs> mobility training, all that stuff. I mean, that I think a lot of that stuff just became a very prevalent thing. Yeah. Well, this has just been an absolute blast. I feel like we could probably talk another hour. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> Cool. Well, thanks for coming on today. I'll have to have you back again. No problem. Thanks for having me. Yeah. And Definitely. then where can people find you? So my Instagram is at undefeated fit life. Um, my website is www.undefeatedfitlife.com. Um, my Facebook is my name, Wendell Christian Jr. So I have a private group on Facebook. I haven't started a business page on there. So mainly Instagram, um, everything gets filtered through there as far as fitness oh. stuff. Uh, um, and much like my life like I kind of show everything so you go on my story I post stuff on there like stuff I'm doing throughout the day or clients so um, yeah I think that's about it and YouTube I have a YouTube channel it's undefeated fit life so there's some stuff on there well I can't wait to look at that because I just started a YouTube channel (laughs) yeah so Um, I have some I have some like workout videos on there Um, I haven't done a ton on there yet but Cool. Well, I'll link to everything in the show notes and then we'll look forward to having you back again. Yes, ma'am. Sounds good to me. Cool. Thank you. All right. If you want to learn more about Wendell, head over to undefeatedfitlife.com. That was such a fun time talking to one of my colleagues. So thank you, Wendell. And if you liked this episode, please share, subscribe, like. You can see it on YouTube or on your podcast where we listen to it. And we will see you next week where we're going to get fit. Feel good and have some more fun. Bye for now.